Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. All right, good morning, morning. How's everyone doing? It is so good to see you. Hey, would you all just help me out and just give a shout out to everyone joining us online right now. Give them a big clap, a shout. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome. If you are new here, uh, first off, let me welcome you to our Easter service. I'm Josh. I'm the senior pastor here at Lakeland, and I'm just thrilled that you're with us. I believe God is up to something in this place, and he's up to something in your life. Even if you walked in, you're like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of here. I got invited. I ended up here. Look at the person next to you and tell them God's up to something in you. Go on. Go on. Tell them. Come on. Even that person that you don't know, just say God's up to something in you. It, I believe that's true. I believe God is up to something and he is up to something in you. Whether you're ready for it or not, uh, he, he really does want to do something in your life. Now, uh, as we hop into this uh, message. I want to start by just, uh, I want you to try to fill in a blank, okay? Because this is a statement I think probably almost all of us have said, almost all of us have at least heard. Maybe it's even come out of your mouth recently. See if you can fill in the blank here. Because after this kind of surreal year of 2020 and now into 2021, I've heard more people say this, that I just can't wait for things to go back to what? normal. See, see how that just kind of comes off your lips? Like, I just can't wait for it to go back to normal. And, and I think that there's a lot of people who are starting to, to sense that right now, that things are kind of on that edge of heading back to normal, whether you're going back to maybe you've seen a first concert or you've gone back to the movies or maybe even coming here to, to an Easter service. Like, our, over a year ago, if I were to, or if someone were to have invited you to church, you probably would that's normal to, like, enter into the building. That wouldn't be strange, but after this year, it's been kind of almost abnormal to, to be in an environment like this. And so a lot of people are saying that oh, we just can't wait for things to go back to normal. But can I just make the argument that there are some things, quite frankly, that we should not go back to normal in our lives. Some things that like, if I'm honest, there are some of my norms that I'm actually praying that God would give me something a new, better normal. Because some of my norms, like uh, up to this point, have been like, I normally, I will struggle with losing my patience if I walk into a room and my kids' toys are everywhere. It's my norm. I, I, I normally end up over frustrated with my kids when they don't do their chores. I normally overcorrect my kids' bad behavior. Any parents out there? I, I normally can't let something go probably when I should. I, I normally probably spend too much time on my phone. I normally can devour a yellow cake with chocolate frosting by myself in two days. And while this is outside of myself, it's still my norm, but I normally watch the Bears lose, and I'm really sad about that. And I don't know about you, especially that last one, I'm ready for a new normal, a new better normal. I don't know about you, but seriously, I think there's probably almost all of us would say there are some things that were a part of my norm that if I'm honest, I don't want to go back to. I, I need a new better normal because I don't know what your normal was. Maybe for you, your normal was your addiction or your shallow relationships or your struggling marriage or your bad habits or your lack of discipline. And if you're honest, you don't need to go back to those normal things. 
You need a new day one of a new, better normal. Anyone? A day one where everything kind of changes, and that's the beautiful thing about Easter. If there's a day that should help us to realize that there's an opportunity for a day one, a fresh start, and a new, better normal, it would be Easter. Uh, because there's something so significant that happened at Easter where there was new life, where it seemed like things were coming to an end and over and hopeless and helpless, and all of a sudden there was a new day one on the other side of it. Now, maybe as I talk about a new day one, some of you are thinking, you know, I, I, we get a new day one kind of every year. It's called New Year's, January 1. And lots of people kind of make New Year's resolutions. I've done that before. I've tried. And they kind of peter out. And I don't do really well. I don't finish strong. And so you might be wondering, well, what in the world would be unique about Easter being a day one as a, compared to like a New Year's resolution? And, and here's the difference. The difference in the uniqueness of what Easter is, is that we're not simply crossing a day or a date or coming into a new year. We are crossing into actually a victorious life. That is an option for every one of us. It's the best time of the year to recognize a new day is at hand. A new day is, is here for you. It's Easter Sunday. It reminds us of new beginnings. Life bursting forth, a start from what seemed like what was lifeless and over. It's about a new day one. Now, I, I hope I'm not shocking you, maybe I am, that Easter is not about the bunny. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I hate to burst your boat. It's not. It's not about the bunny. It, it's not about dying Easter eggs. It's not about jelly beans, and it's not about peeps. But by the way, are you uh, peeps people? Hand, show of hands? Or jelly bean people? Oh, more jelly bean people. Peeps, sorry, peeps lost. Online, peeps or jelly beans, put it in the chat. It's very important. I'm kidding. It doesn't matter at all. Um, but those, that's not what Easter's about. Easter is about the resurrection. That's what we're doing is remembering that this thing of what Jesus did, dying on the cross and Jesus raising from the, from the dead and what that has done and makes possible for humanity. And so what I want to do is I want to just, I want to start by reading out of Ephesians. This is a, a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus that actually describes how you can have a new day one. It describes how you can have a better normal uh, and it's a, a transaction that is possible for all of us that took place 2,000 years ago at a cross and then at a tomb. Ephesians chapter 2, this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, as for you, he's talking about, he's writing to a church, but he's, he's describing uh, the spiritual state of all of us. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's your wrongdoings and sins. Spiritually, that's where we all start. Dead. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. He's talking about Satan, the spirit who's at now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time. All of us. That's where we all start. We all start spiritually dead, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. So in those first three verses, he's describing, listen, this is the spiritual state where everyone is born. You're, you're dead in your transgressions, in your wrongs, in your sins, spiritually dead, and you are deserving of punishment deserving of wrath. But then verse 4, he takes a turn of what can happen in our lives. 
Because of God's great love, his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, before you were ever interested in God, before you were ever seeking him, before, while we were deep in our sin, deep in our wrongs, before you ever said sorry, it's in that place that God loved you enough to send his son uh, to lay down his life for you. And it's by grace you've been saved. Hop into verse 8. For it's by grace you've been saved, and now he's going to describe how that spiritual transaction takes place. It's grace that he offers, and we receive it through what? Through faith. It's this thing from within us, belief in what we cannot see in what Jesus did for us. And he says, it's not of yourselves. It's, not, it's a gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast. What does that mean, that it's not by works so that no one can boast? It's just this thing called faith. Well, it's, it's, it's simply this. It's what Jesus is doing in this moment and what God is accomplishing is this whole idea of faith in Christ. It takes the guessing game and the question of how good do I have to be off the table? So if I were to ask so many people, what is it that makes you right with, uh, in terms of between you and your creator, you and God, what makes your relationship right? And most people in our culture would say, well, and they would immediately start by saying, I've been good. That's good. But then my immediate follow-up question and your immediate follow-up question should be this. Okay, at what point did you transfer from being good to being good enough to make it to have a right relationship with God? Like, where was that? Where's the line where all of a sudden you became good enough? Because I need to know where that line is so I can tell other people, like especially my kids, I want them to know, hey, you've been good, but you're not yet good enough. We got to make sure we get you to good enough so that you and God will be good. Are, are you tracking? So at some point, I got to know where that line is so that I can tell people if they've made that line. But the whole point of all this is he's saying, no, it's, no, it's not by works so that no one can boast. It's simply by faith. Otherwise, we would arrive in heaven and we would say, he says, so that no one could boast. We would arrive in heaven and we'd start to boast about what we do, about what we did. We'd say, hey, listen, you want to know why I'm here? I did this and I did that and I did this other thing and that made me good enough and voila, right? And then someone else would say, well, you know what I did? I did this thing and I did that thing and that made me good enough and look, here I am. And then we would all look at you and be like, how'd they make it in? But it's not what I did or what you did. It's has nothing to do with what we would do, not by works, so that we cannot boast, like this is what got me here. It's not what I did, not what you did. It is all what Christ did. When we get to heaven, we will literally go, listen, I had nothing to do with it. All I did was respond in faith. I responded to a gift that was offered me. And I didn't do anything to deserve it. It's, I'm not good enough. There's no good enough along the way. There's nothing good enough, but it was he was good enough. He was perfect enough. He sacrificed for us, and it's faith in what he has done. So it's not what you or I did. It's what Christ did. Jesus made a way for us to have a right relationship with God. But then it goes further than that. See, God doesn't make it just so that we can have a a better normal someday. He makes it so that we can actually have a better normal today. 
Like, yes, we can have this restored relationship with God someday, but it's also, it's today, and it affects how we live our lives today. And we can have a better normal today. And so check this out. In the book of Colossians, Paul wrote this letter as well to a group of Christians. He's describing how you can actually experience the better normal that is found in Christ, and it's for today. Not just someday when you make it to eternity, but today. He says this, since then, You've been raised with Christ. He's leaning into the resurrection. Just like Christ was raised, there's something in you that is supposed to come alive, okay? Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. When he says you died, he's saying, listen, your will, your desires, you calling the shots in your life, all of that, you want to know what was supposed to happen to that? When you put your faith in Christ, that was supposed to die. It was supposed to go in the grave with Jesus. That you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I, my life is kind of over. My past is over. It's supposed to be dead. I'm supposed to be raised with him and I'm supposed to be with Christ in God. Another way that the Apostle Paul says it in Galatians, another book that he writes to the church in, in Galatians, he says this, I've been crucified with Christ. Just like Christ was crucified on the cross, my will, my ways, me calling the shots, that was supposed to die with Christ at the cross as well. I no longer live, but Christ lives, this is an interesting word, he lives where? In me. In me. So in those previous verses, in, in Colossians, he says, for you died and I'm hidden with Christ in God. In Galatians, he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in in me, and my observation here is that there's something that's supposed to be in, that we're in him, he's in us, and in changes everything. That there's, this, there's a difference between in and on. Like in is, it's in, and on is like surface level stuff. Like picture it like this. How many of you guys like Cheerios growing up? Anyone like Cheerios? Okay, a handful of you. Yeah, I know there's really not a whole lot of hands because for most of us, it was forced upon us right? You had to eat Cheerios, and there was only two flavors, honey nut and plain, and honey nut had too much sugar, so your parents bought you plain. That's what I ate every single day, and before they made Frosted, the, fro the Frosted back in our day was you dump a spoonful of sugar right on top. That's what we called Frosted Cheerios. Like, that's the best, and it's just like soaks on top. You can see a layer of sugar on top. It's great, and then your, your milk just turns into like sugar milk. It's Trust me, kids, it was a thing, okay? So now, that was like back in the day, two flavors. Now, anyone guess how many, how many flavors does Cheerios have today? Anyone know? 16 flavors, 16 flavors, and I love them all. They have taken an upgrade for sure. And so anyhow, a couple of months ago, I'm eating blueberry Cheerios, and they are good. And so I'm eating these blueberry Cheerios, and I'm getting to the end of my bowl, and I look down into my bowl, and my milk is blue, it's blueberry Cheerios, so my milk's now blue, and I'm looking at the Cheerios that are floating in the top of my milk, and the Cheerios looked white, which made me think, has Cheerios pulled a fast one on us? In which they're not making blueberry Cheerios or all these 16 different flavored Cheerios. They just have regular Cheerios that they're putting flavored powder on the outside of it. And then once we, it just like washes off in the milk, and in the end, you're drinking, you're eating blueberry milk with regular Cheerios. Not 16 different flavors, one flavor, lots of, or lo one Cheerio, lots of different flavors on top. Now, I know you're thinking, Joshua, way overthought this, and you would be correct. I have. 
But there's a difference between it being in and it being on. That's on the surface and they're pulling a fast one on it. It's not inside of it. And in the same way, spiritually speaking, there's a whole lot of people who would say, listen, I am spiritually good. I am pretty good in my behavior, my actions. In fact, I would call myself Christian-like I'm really good. I hope good enough. But here's the difference. You wonder why your normal is actually leaving you empty and feeling hopeless. And it's because you've got some goodness around you, but not Christ in you. You got Christianness around you, but not Christ in you. You cannot have a day one of a new, better, uh, normal, uh, trying to be Christian-like. You can only have it when Christ is in you. And so this thing called faith unlocks something for us so we can actually have a new day one of a better normal. It's huge in our lives. I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ is in me. So now you and I, we need a day one where everything changes. And Christ makes that possible. Here's a question. Have you ever experienced a moment where that kind of changed everything? Like on the other side of this moment, everything was changed. Like maybe it was the day that you got married and all of a sudden the next day it's life's different or the day that you had a baby or maybe the day that you moved into a new home or the day you started a new job. Maybe it was the first day of middle school or the last day when you graduated high school or college and on the other side of that, guess what happened? The previous days there was like an end and on the next day there's a full new beginning. A new, something new on the other side of it. And spiritually, the Apostle Paul is describing a day where something ended and something else began on the other side. Our old, old life died and this new life with Christ in us produces now a new, better normal. Now, can you imagine having a baby <laughs> and then going home and you and your spouse having this mindset that life is going to be identical to how it was pre Baby, like before BC, before child. Like, no. Like, I want to I I get, I just want to have a moment with you. If you think that, I got nine kids. Let me tell you, it is not the same on the other side. Or if you got married and you like told your spouse, listen, I plan on hanging out with all my friends as much as I did before we got married. I can see something in your future. It's called marriage counseling. <laughs> or, or if you started a new job and you decided, hey, I'm going to go back to my old job and I'll drive over there every day and I'm going to have lunch in the break room with some of my old friends. Like they would look at you and be like, move on, right? They'd be like, it's, you've moved on. It, there should be something new in your life. And this same thing is that day one, there's a new beginning. And if you've ever needed a day one, like a fresh start, today's your day. Easter's probably the best day to remind us that we can have a new day one. Have you ever needed a fresh start? Anyone? Like a a new day that like everything that was happening before, I need something that's totally different on the other side of this. And if there's anything that the resurrection reminds us is that there is a day one that is possible on the other side of the resurrection. Are you aware even the disciples, they needed a new day one on the other side of the resurrection? Maybe you don't recall, but you remember what happened on Friday when Jesus is being crucified where the disciples are? They scattered. 
They've run. They've all but given up on, on the mission of Christ in that moment. And on Sunday, when Christ raised from the dead, you want to know what that was so remarkable and so transforming, it gave them a new day one that changed completely how they lived their life. From running the, the days before to being willing to all, every one of them, give their lives for the mission. Are you aware? Friday, they're all running from the mission. After Sunday, they are all running to the mission and willing to die for the mission. See, there was something that the resurrection makes such a difference and it made such a difference in them that faith in Christ is supposed to create that dynamic of a change in you and I as well. It's, are you aware? It's not just for the disciples 2,000 years ago. It's for us as well. That we can be like, I was just as messed up as they were on Friday, but Sunday after the resurrection, I can actually have a new day one, a better normal. And it doesn't always happen naturally though. The Apostle Paul, he goes on in the book of Colossians to say, hey, there are some things that we actually should purposefully do to walk into this new, better normal for us. And so check this out. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, he's talking to Christ followers, to Christians. He's saying, guys, doesn't always happen naturally. Here's some things we can purposefully do. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And now in those four verses, he says, uh, the same idea three different times, kind of in three different ways. He says, put to death, rid yourself, take off. It, these are all the things we're supposed to get rid of. There are these, the old, your old norms, the normal things that you're like, I don't want to go back to that. He's like, right, let's not go back to that. We get rid of those things. And then in the next verses, he's going to say, instead of those, here's what we should do. Verse 10. And instead, put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the, of, in the image of its creator. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, in those four verses, he says it three times and emphasizes the same kind of theme where he says, hey, this is what you're supposed to put on, add to, clothe yourself. In the previous verses, get rid of, put to death, take off. And what's interesting is the Greek words that get translated here, they literally mean taking off clothing and putting on clothing. That's the, the imagery. Take off these, these, other, these old things, put on some new things. Question, how many of you came today and you thought about what you were going to wear before you came. How many of you thought about your outfit? Probably most. Okay, your, your spouse thought of it for you, okay? They, you know, they laid it out on the bed for you, and they're like, wear that. Don't make me look bad, okay? That's a, but most of us, we don't just like roll out of bed, and we're like, meanie, miny, Mo, polka dot, and plaid. Sweet. We don't do that. We like purpose what we're going to put on. If you're going to the gym, you probably put on gym clothes. If you're going to work, you put on work clothes, whatever that would be for you. But we, the point is, we get dressed purposefully 
Thank you all for doing that today. (laughs) We get dressed purposefully before we leave. In the same way, he's saying spiritually, why don't you purposefully get dressed in the right things? Why don't you purposefully get rid of some old and get dressed in some new things that are actually Christ-like in you? Actually, I've got something... Uh, Aaron is going to bring out some items for me real quick. Uh, everyone give it up for Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. All right. So let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever gone shopping for like a clothing item and you go out and to replace something else that you have? And when you get home, you have, you obviously keep your new item, but you also keep the old item that you meant to replace. You ever, ever do that? Shopping for something new. So here's what I discovered years ago. I want to show you something. Some, I'm just going to bear my soul to you. Okay, is this okay? This is my my problem, my my issue. So a handful of years ago, I discovered I bought my first pair of Adidas shoes, and this pair of Adidas shoes I discovered I really like Adidas. They just they fit my feet well. I'm really comfortable in them. I just love them. And I wore these for a handful of years, and now they're like super nasty and dirty, and they have paint on them, and I've painted, and they have like nothing. No grip left on the bottom of it. They're just like, they're, they're totally worn thin. So as these started getting kind of to the end of their life, I decided I need to go, needed to go to the store. I needed to buy myself a new pair of Adidas to replace those pairs, that pair of Adidas. And so I went on out and, and I, bought, I bought these. They're totally different. They are. They're actually, this, these are actually far superior to these. But... Um, I, I bought these to replace these, and I wore these for a handful of years, and I wore them, th- if you've seen me preach, I probably preached in them, uh, I wear them, uh, but I've broken them in, like, really, really well. They have, like, no grip. And as they started getting near the end of their life, I realized I probably need to replace these, but I, I recognize I wear a lot of black things, but I also wear a lot of blue things. And so instead of just, like, buying the same pair, what I decided to do is I was like, I'm going to go buy a blue pair. This way I can expand like my color palette, right? And start going on out. But as I realized, all right, now I got a blue pair. I still have some old black pairs that uh, need, like, I've got to replace those. So I went on out and I bought myself a black pair to replace the black pair that I bought to replace the black pair. Anyone do this or is this just my bad? (laughs) My problem. So as you can see, I have issues. But the, the, the whole point is that when the Apostle Paul says, clothe yourself, take off the old and put on the new, he's not saying, hey, these are some old things that we need to like, uh, just stop wearing until they're comfortable and then you realize I want to slip back into them. He's like, no, these things were actually supposed to go in the grave. See, the reason why, some of you are like, why did you not get rid of these? Well, the reason why is because they're comfortable, Right? I I like my feet slide right into them. They're comfortable. They're like broken in. And here's the deal. Spiritually speaking, what we sometimes do is we keep around some of our old bad habits, some nasty things, and we keep them around for the day that we want to go on out and party with our friends and be nasty. And our problem was God's like, listen, if you want to walk into the new better normal, it will not work for you to just throw some things into your closet and say, I'm not going to wear most of the time. 
He says, listen, those things were supposed to be, end up in the grave with Christ, and now you're raised with Christ. Christ is in you. You've got a, something new, something that's superior, something that's better, and it has come to replace the old. And these things, I know I might soften the blow by saying like it's things that go back in the closet, but our old life is not supposed to just be off in the closet. It's supposed to be away in the grave. And if you want to walk into a new, better normal, the very first thing that we have to do is say, I, I vow, I am making this decision right now that some of these old things that I've been keeping around, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a habit, maybe it's a place where you go, I'm not going to just kind of keep them off to the side there for the day that I might just want to slip back into it. I am recognizing that's going in the grave. And the only thing that's alive in me is the better. It's the new, better, normal. And, it, and if you think for a moment, I'm going to produce it on my own. You've already missed it. It's Christ in you that will produce it. When you can't love that person... And you're like, you know what I'm going to go back to? Yelling, rage, anger, malice, slander. No, 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 no. You go, no, those things I, I buried. They're not just in the closet. I buried them. Now, I don't quite have it, but I know Christ is in me. Christ, you're around somewhere. Come on out and produce some love and forgiveness and some grace and some mercy. And on that day that I feel like I'm going to fall into temptation uh, to go look at something I shouldn't look, and you're like, ah, oh, it's so easy for me to... Nope, that thing's dead, but I know who's alive, and it's Christ in me. Christ produced perseverance and discipline and just a love for you and an ability to walk away from that which I shouldn't go to. Are, are you getting this? Yeah. Right, let me put away my wardrobe, okay? <laughs> I don't know where you are today. But if you want a new, better normal, there's some things that can't just go back in the closet, but they have to go in the grave. I want to just set us up for, I want to throw two questions at you, probably at two different groups of people. If you came here today and you were just like, just checking things out, checking church out, maybe checking God out, maybe skeptical a little, or maybe seeking, here's a question that I'd have for you. Is, is it possible that God's inviting you today to a day one of a new, better normal? Is it possible that today could become a day one? A day one that you don't like fall back into old things, but it's like, no, this is a day one of everything coming alive that I've never experienced before. I think there's a lot of Christians here that I would ask, maybe this is the question that you need to ponder. Is what old normal needs to die. Not go back in the closet, but you need to say, no, this thing needs to die in you. And what better normal are you going to put on as Christ really puts it on in you? The worship team, they're going to come on out. Uh, they're going to just sing a song right now. And, and while they sing, I, I just actually want you to sit. I want you to ponder. I want you to ponder one of those two questions. And the song that they're going to sing really is talking about the power of sin and death being defeated and this reality of things that were supposed to die should be dead, and things that should be alive should be alive in us. It, it takes us into a new, better normal. And so as they sing, ponder those, those questions. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to lead us in, in a prayer uh, to hopefully do some business with the Lord. I just want to set us all up for a moment with the Lord and, and doing some business with Him. So ponder those questions as the worship team comes, and they just lead us in, the, or they'll, they're going to sing a song. You sit back, you ponder.
know as you pondered those questions I don't know how many of you here need a new day one a day one of a better better normal not going back to old normal but a, a better normal but it's not found in trying to put Christian like things around you it only will be found with Christ in you and that's only found in faith 
There's nothing that you can do. It's what he has done. And I want to just invite us all to bow our heads right now. And as we bow our heads, I'm going to lead us in prayer. But if you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you sense that today is your day one, it's the start for you. You've never done this before, but you want to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you just, while the heads are bowed, would you slip your hand up so that I can just see that, celebrate that with you, that you're making a decision today to follow Christ for the very first time? Uh Uh-huh. There's multiple hands. Maybe there's some people online. I don't know if some folks online. Awesome. Let's, let's just all pray together right now. Let me lead us in a, in a simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. And my sin has separated me from a perfect holy God. But you love me so much that you sent your son to lay down your life for me. So that I can have a, a day one where I'm alive. And today, I know it is so hard but my old life dies. It's buried with all my sin in the grave. Today, I want to come alive in you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Help me now to walk into a new, better normal. And as we continue praying, I imagine that there's a lot of us here who we've recognized that there were things that were a part of our normal that they've just kind of gone into the closet. But quite frankly, today we recognize we have to bury those things as well. So God, we bury these old things. And we say today is a day one for us as well, where we're, where we're looking for, toward a better normal. But it's not something we can produce. It is Christ in us. And so Lord, when we are tempted to go back to some of the old norms, clothe ourselves in the old things that we'd say, no, that's dead. Didn't just go into the closet. It's dead and it's buried. Now, Jesus, clothe me in what you can produce in me, something new, love and grace and mercy and faithfulness and peace. It is you doing a great work in us. Lord, step us into that and we can expect it because you're alive. That's what the resurrection reminds us. You beat this thing called sin and death and you're alive in us. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.